0: Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, your number one source for all of the Horizon League's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Welcome in, everybody. Justin Kinner with you here. And I'm excited for this week's show. First of all, I'm excited for this week. It's Thanksgiving week, man. We can get the turkey. Actually I, ch- I just go straight from turkey to dessert. I-, I enjoy the turkey and I go right to the pumpkin pie. And you gotta get lots of cool whip on there, man. The the turkey and the pumpkin pie, that's what they- I already have my game plan laid out for the week, folks. So I'm excited about that. But welcome in again, Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. All right, so uh the college basketball season has officially begun. We wrapped up our fall championship series last week. We had, of course, Ally Matters, the head volleyball coach for the Wright State Raiders on. The Raiders hosted the Horizon League volleyball championships, uh, and of course they went down in the semifinals to Northern Kentucky, who would ultimately go on to beat Milwaukee and advance to the NCAA tournament. Uh, so congratulations to the Norse and Northern Kentucky on on winning the Horizon League Volleyball Championships and advancing to the NCAA tournament. What a great run uh, it has been for them. It was a great year uh, for the Horizon League in volleyball, and it was a very exciting finish. Uh, to get to this point. Speaking of Northern Kentucky, that's where we're going to open up with here today, men's basketball a conversation here. Our guest on this week's podcast, Drew McDonald. How about that? The former Horizon League Player of the Year. Uh, I mean, he had such a tremendous run. He was a part of some of the biggest moments in the history of that program that have helped put the Norse on the map. Uh, and he is our guest on today's edition of Reach the Horizon, our Thanksgiving edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. We talked a ton about how he got into basketball at what point did he realize he was good enough to play at the d1 level Uh, he had some interesting comments regarding why he chose northern kentucky if you think about it when teams you know just become d1 eligible it sometimes takes years almost a decade or more before they really start hitting the ground running from a competitive standpoint and the Norse were able to do it right away john brandon now the head coach at cincinnati uh, i mean comes in and just literally gets them to the ncaa tournament the very first year that they're eligible uh, for postseason play. And, of course, they go up against Kentucky in 2017 in the NCAA tournament. Drew McDonald you know, plays in that game. Uh, but, again, I really enjoyed this podcast. I enjoyed this sit-down with Drew McDonald, uh, and I know you're going to enjoy it as well. Former Northern Kentucky star Drew McDonald, here's our interview. He's our guest on this week's show. Drew, welcome in. How are you, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Justin. Absolutely. Now, look, we're going to get into a lot of basketball stuff coming up. But a year ago at this time, you were a month into the regular season. You're in the middle of your senior season, and you know all eyes are on you. And right now, it's it, does it feel empty? I mean, what's the day in the life of Drew uh, McDonald now?
1: It's it's a lot different. Um, it's something that's kind of been a roller coaster these past I don't know six seven months since uh, the N C A A tournament, and something that's still sinking in. It's uh, when basketball season rolled around. it, Kind of felt different. i never not prepared for basketball season. Even as a kid, my mom was a coach. I was always in the gym. And um, when I decided not to pursue a professional career and that wasn't the right path for me, it's it's kind of sitting in a little bit. But I still go to all the games and try to enjoy. And I have great relationships with all the guys on the team. It still feels like I'm a part of it in some way, which is nice. But it's definitely different. It's something I'm getting used to still.
0: Now, what what was your deciding factor in not wanting to pursue a, a, a pro career? Uh, I mean, look, you were such a, a dominant college player. I mean, obviously, there could have been plenty of opportunities out there. Is it just something you weren't comfortable doing going to play overseas, or what kind of came about? What led to your decision to not want to play pro ball?
1: Yeah, there was a lot that went into it. Um, Coach Brandon really helped me out with that process. We kind of agreed let's not even focus on it until after the season. And uh, he kind of sat down with me and helped contact agents for me and kind of get a feel – what they were looking at, what kind of country I'd be going to and things like that, and uh, I talked to a bunch of my friends overseas who were doing it, and um, it just, you know, I put so much into the last four years, and my dream as a kid was to play in the NCAA tournament. It wasn't really to be a professional basketball player, and it felt like now was the right time to kind of flip that page, start a professional career in the business world, and kind of get that started. So, it was a tough decision, and right now I'm happy, but we'll see going forward
0: absolutely man i mean and that's always interesting especially when basketball was your life and then all of a sudden it's just okay now i gotta go out into the real world but uh, and no that's interesting now you said your mom was a coach now she played basketball in northern kentucky correct
1: yes she did she played basketball back when they were division two in the glvc and then she coached at my local high school the varsity females for 15 20 years probably when i was a kid and gave it up when i was going into high school so
0: now, are you interested in coaching at all? Is that, I mean, again, with you loving the game so much, not pursuing the pro career, but will that be something you get into at some point?
1: I it intrigues me a little bit. Uh, I think I kind of want to get some stability first in my career and just see how that goes. And I'm, I'm open to it. We'll see how it goes. I definitely love the game. I've always been, as I kind of mentioned, a coach's kid and have a kind of learn and just be a student of the game as much as possible. I love the X's and the O's and looking at different sets coaches draw up and uh seeing videos on Twitter of hey this is this pick and pop where I actually work They clear out the backside or something like that. Like that's always intrigued me. So maybe in the future. Um I'm not saying no, but it's definitely something that intrigues
0: me. Man, I always wanted to be a coach. I could not wait to be a basketball coach. I got my first opportunity about ten years ago. I got to coach a seventh grade girls basketball team and my I was going to be the best dang girls basketball coach in the history of the world. And uh apparently uh, I had 13 WNBA prospects on my team and I was the worst coach in the history of the world and I ruined all of their careers and the parents just made it not fun. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. But if you get into it, I'm definitely pulling for you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I know there's a lot more to coaching than just and stuff like
0: that so we'll see <laughs> all right now let's go back again in your high school days you were mr kentucky basketball finalist uh, at newport uh, central catholic and just looking back at that i mean at what point in your high school career did you realize that man i could i could play basketball at the d1 level you said your goal was always playing the ncaa tournament but at what point in your high school career did you realize that i have the talent to play at the d1 level in college
1: I would say it was probably early on when uh, Coach Beazell was the head coach at Northern at the time, and they actually were the first to contact me and offered me a full ride after my sophomore season. Um, I'm really a live in the moment kind of guy. I really kind of just focused on if it was basketball season, basketball. I was also a pretty successful golfer, so I did a lot of that. So I, when it was golf season, I was focusing on golf. But and at the time, I really didn't know which one I wanted to pursue in college. Um, it was kind of up in the air, but. When I got that first Division One offer from Northern, that's kind of when I was like, "All right, we can make something happen." Like, Division One's definitely a possibility.
0: What other schools uh, were interested in you? I mean, was it always Northern Kentucky? You knew that's where you were going. Were there other schools in the mix? Uh, you know, you mentioned Northern, but what other schools had reached out?
1: Yeah, um, I committed in August before my senior year, and at the time, I had Wright State offered me, um, UNC Asheville offered me. Columbia offered me, and then I had a Division II offer from Kentucky Wesleyan. So those were the five offers I had. And then I had a bunch of other interests from mid-major schools as well. But I wanted to get the commitment out of the way. And it was not always Northern. If you were to ask me when I first got the offer, I was going to say, no, I want to go away. I want to get away from my hometown. Northern, no, it's just not for me. But as the process went on, it kind of became evident that that was the best fit. And uh, obviously it all worked out in the end.
0: You know, that's interesting because at the time, I mean, right now in Northern Kentucky, What and you were a part of this, you and John Brandon and all your teammates, I mean, you helped put this program uh, on the map as one of the top mid-major programs out there. But that's where you're at now. But that's not usually how it goes. I mean, especially a team that's new to the D1 level. It takes years, years, sometimes decades before things really start rolling and you start competing uh, at a high level. You guys did that right off the bat. Was there any hesitation at all when you begin? You're finding out that they're going to roll into the D1, you know, be a D1 team. But was there any hesitation at all with them being a new D1 team that you were kind of worried that, okay, maybe, you know, I don't know how much success this program is going to have as a whole. What sold you on the program knowing that that could have be, been the possibility?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that, going in, I knew I, that my freshman year we had no postseason eligibility um, as part of our probation period. and But ultimately the deciding factor, there was a lot to it. But um, I didn't know if we were going to win, go to the tournament. I had no idea what all that future holds is. Any program you go to is like that. Mm -hmm. And I figured if I went to Northern, it's somewhere I want to stay for the rest of my life, in the Northern Texas Bay Area, eventually grow up. So what better way to help build a foundation, whether we win or not? I just want to be part of that foundation, be part of something that I can come back in 10, 20, 30 years and say I helped, wherever it's at now, build it. And if you would have asked me and said my sophomore year, my senior year, we would have went to the tournament, I probably would have looked at you and said we're crazy. (laughs) But... It it just got built so quick and some of that's testament to what Coach Brandon did to our program and how he instilled a culture in there so quickly and um but yeah, I mean I hadn't I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I knew I wanted to help build a foundation and be a part of something a lot bigger than myself for years going down the line. That was the ultimate deciding factor.
0: I mean, it's one of the best you know stories uh, that I can think of. I mean, I haven't been covering basketball too, too long, but it's one of my favorites watching what you and, and Coach Brandon in Northern Kentucky was able to establish. Now, you mentioned Coach Brandon, obviously, at Cincinnati now, and it's so cool watching him walk up and down the sidelines at Cincinnati and, you know, after all the years of covering, you know, you guys at Northern Kentucky. But how uh, how special was that getting to play for John Brandon? What makes him such a great coach? Uh,
1: he's He's just – Great in all aspects. I mean, he comes in and he's just instilled a culture of unselfishness and winning. And kind of like I'm a – it's a lot more about the team than it is me. And just his consistency every day is what made him a great coach. He came into practice new, which you're going to get pretty much every day. And um, it's tough seeing him across the river over in Cincinnati, but I'm I'm happy for him. I had a chance to play in high school for his brother, actually, so I've known the brand for a while. Um, we went to the same high school growing up, so it's, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his family, and um makes it a little awkward for me because he's at UC, and my grandpa played at Xavier, so family <laughs> I'm a little torn on that rivalry, so we'll see. I'm really happy for Coach Joe, and he's going to be successful no matter where he goes.
0: Now at the, at the mid-major level, it's always great when you find yourself in a position where you're playing for a great coach. But I know that the stresses of, man, every year you hear the rumblings, you hear the talks. I mean, no man, if John Brandon, look what he did with Northern Kentucky, got him to NCAA tournament the first year that they're eligible. The talks start right away. What other programs you know are going to start to pluck him? Is there ever a concern during your run at Northern Kentucky, uh, not in a bad way, but just a concern of, oh man, I really hope that I could finish my career playing for John Brandon here at Northern Kentucky.
1: I mean. Obviously, anytime you're having success and co- your coach is getting looked at, obviously that's a good thing. Um, it means you're winning. It means you're having success at your in your league. You want to postseason play. But, I mean, there was rumblings brought up my junior and senior year, and um, we didn't know. But uh, I've had meetings with Coach, especially my senior year. He kind of laid it on and said, listen, I'm committed for this year. You're committed for this year. You commit for this year you will not worry about your professional career. I won't worry about life after this. And coach is so in the moment and process-oriented that, I don't think he even worried about it or was even thinking about it next year as opposed to what's coming up for practice today, what we need to do to prepare for this game. So um, that was kind of relieving just to see his thought process through it all and just to know his thinking pattern of how process-oriented it is and know he wasn't even worried about it. And he was just worried about how I can get better today and how we can get better going forward.
0: That's awesome, because that's the thing, like in media, we just sit there and we speculate and we say, oh, well, look, this job's opening up, this program's opening up, John Brandon would be great there, uh, but I always love to hear the stories of the behind-the-scenes stuff like that, of what the communication is like between coaches and players, because if we're talking about it, it's not like you as players are robots where you just shut down after a game or after practice, and then they just absolutely. you know plug you back in for a game. You're hearing the rumblings, too, and I'm always fascinated about how the communication works you know, behind the scenes, and that's absolutely. pretty
1: cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it's. I mean, in today's day and age of social media, players hear <laughs> everything. Whether they try not to, I mean, you're going to hear it no matter what. And I think uh, we did a very good job of kind of shut that out as much as possible. And I mean, read it and just kind of laugh at it and brush it off and move forward. Not saying anything about you and the media, but oh,
0: we're the worst. I mean, I'm our, t- our
1: inside <laughs> team.
0: All right, we got Drew McDonald with us here on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Excited to have him with us. Now, let's go back to the NCAA tournament, the first year Northern Kentucky eligible uh, to make the tournament. You guys win the Horizon League tournament, and uh, not only do you make it, but you're Northern Kentucky, and you get to go up against Kentucky over in Indianapolis. I remember watching that game. <laughs> And I'm not going to lie, I was ready to watch Kentucky just run up and down and the game be done by halftime. And although they had a pretty good first half, you guys outscored them big time in the second half. You only lost 79-70. You played 36 minutes that game. You had 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, and played 36 minutes, as I mentioned. How special was that for your first NCAA appearance to be against Kentucky and to you know have a chance down the stretch in that game to be able to pull off an upset?
1: Yeah, it was um... – Besides point off the upset, I mean, the story couldn't have gone much better mm-hmm. when you look at what we did. I mean, first year, eligible, we won the tournament. We get to play close to, as close to home as we could have, two hours away from Northern Kentucky and Indianapolis, and an NBA facility, and we're playing one of the greatest basketball programs to ever be in college basketball. And at the time, before UMBC pulled off their upset, if we would have won, it would have been the biggest upset in history. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were playing three or four lottery picks that year, and um, I love the draw. I know a lot of people didn't like it, and we were concerned that, hey, Northern Kentucky is like a lot of UK's fans' second favorite team. We want not have as so many crowd there. I loved it, though, because what it did is put us on national television on CBS with Jim Nance and Bill Rafferty calling the game and made us the game to watch that weekend in the state of Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana. I mean, everyone's going to tune into that game, and we we're on prime time. So I love the draw. Like you said, we had a chance. We didn't play the great first half, and I still remember some of the timeouts with Coach Brandon being not too happy with us and using some language. But um, we did have a run. I remember the last media, we kind of sat there, and we all looked at so and said, let's just give it a run. And we went a run, and I had a shot to cut it to a single possession game. And Cole Murray had a shot to cut it to a single possession game. it was just maybe one or two shots here or there. If we could have got it tied or down to two points, I would like to have seen the outcome. But um, – and overall, is a lot of memories made from that game.
0: Who's the one player in the league that you looked forward to playing against the most, uh, whether it's a team or a player, just that one team or player that you circled every time and said, okay, I can't wait for that matchup right there?
1: Um, I would say as far as team goes, I think just what we developed with Wright State as far as the rivalry went, the atmosphere that we were going to have. I mean, whether we played here or there, we were going to have 7,000, 8,000 people plus. So just... That anticipation of that game for the last couple of years, they've been on ESPN too. That's always been a fun game to play in. As far as a player, early in my career for my first two years, I always enjoyed, I don't know how you can enjoy it, but I always enjoyed playing against Alec Peters from Valpo. Nice. Um, I learned a lot from him. I really love the way he played the game. I think he's one of the hardest players I've had a guard in my entire college career. And I was playing multiple lottery picks and things like that. I just really liked how he played the game. I respect how he played the game, and he was one heck of a player, too.
0: All right, Drew McDonald with us here. Now, I'm glad you brought up that Wright State matchup, too, because uh, you know I cover Wright State here in Dayton, and I've been to every single one of those matchups throughout your career, but Wright State and Northern Kentucky, and you're right, the atmosphere at those games is just something different. It's something special than any other team that you go up against in the league, and it, it, you know, you guys did develop that rivalry. Now, I think a lot of it has to do with proximity, but I know Kentucky Wright State, I mean, those are the top two teams battling it out for the title every single year. And, of course, that's how it ended last year for you guys. But, yeah, that rivalry was uh, – I loved how that developed and that atmosphere. It was unlike any other in the conference.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – like you said, proximity has something to do with it. But if you look at the last three years, um, one of us has gone to the NCAA tournament every year. We co-shared the regular season last year. They won it the year before. Um, we're always in the top three or four in the conference and let's call it what it is, we have the two best fan bases. Though. Mm-hmm. We average the most in attendance, so when you when we play those games and growing up, you're playing against those guys recruiting because we recruit from the same area. And I think while there is a lot of uh, emotion on the floor, I think at the end of the day, both programs have respect for each other the way they do it and respect how good the other program is, and, and it makes the horizon look better when each of us are winning outside of the conference, so... It's always fun to play those
0: kind of games. All right, last thing here, and we'll let you go. The storybook ending to your career at Northern Kentucky last year. Again, you win the Horizon League Player of the Year. Uh, We talked about the rivalry with Wright State. Of course, you guys met in the Horizon League title game, but how you got to the title game, I mean, you almost didn't have that storybook ending. I mean, down late to, to, to Oakland the pick and pop at the end of the game and you hit the game winner for one, just walk me through that because that is a storybook ending. That's how every player imagines, you know, hitting that type of shot. And for you to do it in the semifinals, to send your team to the championship game, to go to set up the one verse two. I mean, that had to have been, I can't imagine how that felt for you as a player.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, that game, the whole Oakland game was just a game of runs. Um, they were up big on us early and, um, we went on a run, and we were up 11 with like three minutes to go, so it should never have came to that shot. <laughs> but I remember that timeout. They scored. Uh, we put in Chris Vote for defensive purposes, and they scored. Coach Brandon called a timeout, put me back in, It was kind of like, all right, here's what they're going to do. Like, as calm as he could be. Like, had no fluster to him. Said, so, all right, Walt, take the ball out. JT, get it. Drew's on the block. They're going to try and switch. They're going to put Xavier Gomez on you. They're going to try and switch, slip out of it, they are not great in slip ball screens, and they're probably going to mess up JT. You're going to have a lane to the basket. Or you're going to have Drew on the pick and pop. And sure enough, as I run up, I hear you yelling, switch, switch, switch. I see the Javon Cumberland and Xavier went with JT, and I had the shot. And going into that shot, I was one for nine from three. I remember that. I was one for nine. And I caught it, had plenty of time. And I knew as soon as I let it go, I knew it was good. Like, knew it was good. Felt really good. And honestly, when I made it, the first thing I thought of was, like, how much time was on the clock? Like, we got to play defense. Like, we can't let them score. And from that moment on, I knew we kind of flipped the switch and the momentum was on our side going into that next game against Wright State as well.
0: Yeah, we appreciate that, by the way. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) No, but that was awesome. I mean, and for one, were you shocked that you were that wide open? I mean, you guys have shooters everywhere. I mean, Sharp, I'm sure they were keeping an eye on him, but you guys were only down two. So, I mean, they could have been, you know, packing it in, defending the the basket in case you guys just tried to tie it up and force overtime. But were you surprised that, uh, I mean, it – basically played out exactly how Coach Brandon said it would. Were you surprised that it just set up that perfectly?
1: I I mean, kind of at the time, I was so worried about making the right play, whether it was I've taken pop and Sharp's guy helped on me, I could throw it to him in the corner or looking for Trayvon of the basket. So I wasn't shocked in the moment, but, I mean, going back and looking at it, um, you, you see how much film Coach Brandon watched, how much he prepares, how much we're in the gym hitting that shot. Like, it just really goes back to how much – you put it into the game and how many habits you work on, and you see that over time pays off, and you never know when it's going to pay off that's in that moment i 'm definitely glad I was waking up at eight a m to get shots up with coaches i'm definitely glad coach Brandon was in the office until ten p m watching film so um, yeah, I was kind of shocked, but at the same time it doesn 't surprise me now
0: all right this will be the final thing Darren Horne. now uh, Darren Horn now the head coach at Northern Kentucky, and uh, he has them i mean picking up right where you guys left off. Have you got to see him in action, you know, during practices at all? I mean, how? What's what are some similarities or differences uh, between Coach Hornet and, and Coach Brandon, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I've had a chance to kind of go up, catch a few practices and workouts. I've been, I think, at every home game they've had, including their exhibitions. And uh, They're going to be right up there again this year for a chance to win the Horizon League and compete for a championship. Uh, if you look at Coach Hornet's resume, I mean, obviously he comes from winning programs, what he did at Western. And then look at people he's put – in the draft in the NBA from Texas and what he's done with Chaka Smart down there. So he's definitely come from a culture of winning. And um, that team has so much talent from last year and with the freshmen, the new guys they brought in. So I think they're definitely going to be competing for championships. And there's some similarities with Coach Brandon. And they like to play fast. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. They're going to be a really well-shooting team like we were the last couple of years. But also, Coach Horn has some wrinkles. So I'll be interested to see some of those wrinkles in action, how it um, affects league play, but I will be shocked if they weren't competing for a championship come March.
0: All right, well, good stuff. Again, Drew McDonald, former Horizon League Player of the Year, graduated last year, awesome enough to join us here on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Drew, thanks so much for your time. We beyond appreciate it, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving.
1: You too. I really appreciate you having me, Justin.
0: All right, great stuff there again, Drew McDonald, former Horizon League Player of the Year. Uh, graduated last year. Everyone remembers that awesome shot that he hit against Oakland in the semifinals uh, to advance to the or to the Horizon League Championship game against Wright State before ultimately punching their ticket uh, to the NCAA tournament, where they would go up against the NCAA champion runner-up in Texas Tech. Uh, but that's where the career of Drew McDonald came to an end for the North and Northern Kentucky and what a career that it was. I appreciate him coming on and I appreciate you listening and that wraps it up for us here this week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving meals, enjoy your friends and family. Again, I appreciate you tuning in this week. Make sure you tell your friends and family about us uh when you're sitting around the table this week uh and make sure you subscribe and download to the Reach the Horizon podcast, the official podcast of the horizon league and leave a nice little five-star review and tell everybody why you love the podcast that wraps it up for us until next week this has been reach the horizon the official podcast of the horizon league